You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, host of Food for the Future, a weekly podcast that brings the humanities to today's food dialogue by showcasing everyday people trying to make a difference. This show is part of the series Back to the Future. I share stories from family farmers, conservationists, and artisans who spend their lives conserving agri-food traditions in hope for a simpler world. Today, we're speaking with Dan and Emily Murphy from Covet Garden Market about father and daughter relationships and working together at a farmer's market. Welcome, Dan and Emily. Thank you. Thanks. It's wonderful to have you here. You both work at Covent Garden Market, which we'll get to in a moment, but let's start with your relationship. Dan, did you grow up with rural roots? I did. Uh, Grew up outside of St. Mary's and was raised there and then eventually moved to the Lucan area, so Middlesex County most of my life, but during the summers worked in tobacco. Okay, so you're no stranger to the urban rural uh, listenership that we have on this show, and you've yep. had lots of wonderful experiences yourself from very close to home where this station airs, although we are Canada-wide and international on the podcast platforms, that you're very close to home and have a rural background. Wonderful. Emily, what was life like as a child with visits to the farm, out to your grandparents or back to where your dad used to go to high school, grow up, or work in the tobacco industry? Yes, I I actually got to experience it a little bit with both my mom and my dad's families. So my dad's family, most of them reside in Norfolk County, and they do farm tobacco and ginseng still. So whenever we got to visit them, I definitely got to see bigger scale farms for Mm -hmm. sure, which was my main experience with something on a bigger scale like that. But with my mom's family, they had a little bit of a smaller hobby farm out near Park Hill in Huron County. And there they didn't do so much of large scale farming, but they did do some growing of their own, you know, fruits and vegetables and had some of their own chickens and things like that. And I really developed a relationship with the animals that were in both the yards as well. So even today, we have a couple of our own dogs. Uh, Pretty much my entire family has dogs or cats or I think at one point we had a goose (laughs) just a little (laughs) bit of everything so I think one of the biggest things that always always comes to mind for me when I think back on the farms would definitely be the animals and just getting to be outside with nature and everything was definitely a big part for me A wonderful experience growing up. So you had that range of larger scale farms. So Dan, back to you. I'm wondering, this show's about father-daughter relationships working in agri-food, and we're going to get to farmer's markets where you work in a moment. Why was it important for you that Emily have an understanding of agri-food? Well, in our family, uh, I have three previous children before Emily, and all worked through the Covent Garden Market, whether it be outside the farmer's market or inside working for the butcher shop. And in our lifestyle, we because of the bigger family, uh, if we didn't grow, we didn't need it. So it was a real way of life. Emily, how long have you and your dad been working together at Covet Garden Market? So this is a bit of a, a funny question. Technically, we've been working together for about five years now. If you want to count when I officially started working for Mark's Fine Meats at 17. But if you ask me, I really started when I was eight years old. I was very good at using the sticker machine. I didn't know how to put the prices on them, but I was fantastic at putting stickers on all the products. <laughs> and I'd I'd like to say that I probably really helped with sales, just all the personality. 
Right. Because everyone would stop and go, who's this? You know, an eight-year-old there and hopefully got the right stickers on the right products. And there weren't bargains aplenty every time you were stickering the produce. Dan's eyes went up when you had said- There were deals to be had. (laughs) There were deals to be had. Got to honor the sticker price. Uh Uh-oh. Yes. (laughs) It sounds like a lot of fun now, but I'm sure in the moment it was, uh, uh uh-oh, what's happening? (laughs) And then helping with- Everybody has to learn. Everybody has to learn, right. Sometimes the hard way with a great deal. Um, Now, Emily, you had said you helped with sales. Looking back now, um, you realized that that was uh, something that you did. But at the time, what was your tactic with no formal sales training to help with sales as young as an eight-year-old? I spent a lot of time at the market when I was younger, particularly on the weekends, because I danced at a studio right beside the market. So I used to go to my dance class in the morning and then my dad would pick me up and I'd spend the entire day at the market with him, which I always loved. I mean, I got to know all the other vendors. I got to interact with customers on a regular basis, which being the chatty kid that I was, I thought it was fantastic. And having all that time spent with my dad and watching how he interacted with people. It's always funny hearing people tell me now that I remind them of my dad because in my opinion, it's honestly such a huge compliment to have people wow. tell me that in the work environment, because wow. everyone always talks about how phenomenal my dad is at sales. And a lot of it is just he understands what people are looking for. I remember one of the first things I was told when I officially started working for him is honesty is always the best policy. He said, I don't want you to lie to a customer, not over a sale. That isn't what we do. They come to us because they want local. They want authentic. They want what they really have been searching for. And we're not going to lie to them and say it's this when it's not. We're going to tell them exactly what it is because we stand by what we sell. And that's all that matters. And it's always been like that. I've always seen my dad so proud of what he has, what he has to sell, what his business is. And seeing that, it was always easy for people to come up to me and say, oh, sweetie, like, does your dad cook this for you at home? What are your thoughts on it? And it was always so easy for me to be like, oh, I think it's the best thing in the world. You should have my dad come over and cook it for you. Be better then. Which, of course, tiny me didn't quite understand that. Obviously, I couldn't loan my dad out for dinner if I also wanted him to cook me dinner. But in the moment, that seemed like like a good sales tactic. And it worked quite a few times, if I do say so myself. It did. It did. Fantastic. So, Emily, what a wonderful compliment to pay your dad is that you thought you learned from the best. So we've talked about the wonderful father-daughter relationship, being able to work together, having real roots, um, connecting real roots with urban uh, farmers markets and providing in a wonderful service. But there must be ups and downs to meeting business and customer demands together. Can you share what some of those might be? Unfortunately, you can't always please everyone. And we do what we can, but right now, turkeys be the good example. With the avian flu, uh, turkey's gone through the roof. If you had told me that uh, three years ago I would sell 10% of the turkeys I sold then, I would have told you you were kidding. But things have certainly changed, and it's uh, it's something we have to grasp and try and get a hold of. I think that you're right. Those ups and downs of um, the seasonality, even though you're uh, not at the market overall, but specifically where uh, you're working, which is Mark's Wine Meats at Covet Garden Market. Uh, I can see how ebbs and flows and what people are able to afford or or want, there's demand for, able to get 
is uh, definitely something that would affect um, the ebbs and flows of the uh, of working at a market, very much knowing your customers. Emily, what are your thoughts on ups and downs on, you know, working together with your dad all the time? There's definitely, there's definitely both, <laughs> I will admit. Overall, I would say I've thoroughly enjoyed working for my dad. When I first started working for him, it was meant to be two months just to help out. So naturally, I love the farmer's market. I was like, of course, I'd love to help out. And I ended up loving the job and working with my dad so much. I'm still here five years later working with him. I would say some of the challenges that have come up the most for me in particular is butchering is typically considered a very masculine profession. And on occasion, I do find people find it hard to associate me with officially being able to butcher. Now, not all of our staff are fully trained in everything we do. I am not an official butcher. We do have an official butcher at the store, but my dad has done a phenomenal job of training all three of my siblings and I to the point that most things that customers come up and request, I'm able to do, which I personally am very proud of. I know it's nice for my dad to be able to tell customers, oh, I'm not there that day, but you don't have to worry because my daughter is and I know she can do it. So that's always something that gives me a bit of a confidence boost that I know my dad feels like he can rely on me to do those things, those things that are considered more challenging parts of the job. But it has always come a bit difficult for me when customers would prefer to deal with my dad, the manager, or the butcher themselves. Because I do understand it. When you're getting high quality local stuff, you want to make sure that it's also being prepared to the highest quality. And I completely understand that. But it is that is the one big challenge I'd say I've faced. So big shoes to fill, but um, that knowledge transfer between generations. Just before we go to break, what do each of you like most about working with each other? I can walk away and rest assured that the job will be done as well as, as if I was standing there. And that's rare to find nowadays. With Emily at my side, I can rest assured that I can go do that training, go do whatever, and never have to worry. That's high praise. Well done. Thank you. Emily, how about you? I would say one of the best things that has come from working together would be building up my confidence. I did a few jobs at bigger facilities when I was, you know, 15, 16 year old, years old, just trying to get into the workforce. And I do feel like I walked away from some of those jobs, still a little unsure of myself. Meanwhile, going into working with my dad, he, I mean, you've, you've heard how he talks about me. He has never had anything bad to say about me, about my work ethic, about my personality when I'm at work. There's a difference between I'm talking to you as my daughter and I'm talking to you as my employee. And it was so nice that I would walk away from a shift and my manager would talk to me as an employee and say, you did a phenomenal job today. And I'm so happy I have you. And I think that really helped me going through with other things as well. There's been opportunities that have come up with university, other job opportunities that I think if I hadn't have gained the experiences I have by working with my dad, I may not have taken up those opportunities as well. Well, that's wonderful to hear, uh, Emily, and from both of you, really, that it's been really rewarding. After the break, we'll discuss the social role of farmers markets with Dan and Emily Murphy from Covet Garden Market. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill. You're listening to Food for the Future. We're speaking with father and daughter, Dan and Emily Murphy, about working together at a farmer's market. Dan and Emily, why are farmer's markets so important today? On my part, I believe they're important because that's the outside world coming in. At Covent Garden, we're very fortunate because we have all these people coming from outside. Local market, it's an actual farmer's market. So you cannot be a reseller. You must grow it to sell it. So we have people that are doing gluten-free. We have people with the sauces. It's an amazing place. There's people with flowers. You can get your bouquet for the weekend. Uh, it's just something you don't see every day. And it's great. And the people that are there, we've all built relationships. I was out at the farmer's market, I believe, for the last 16 years on Saturdays. And uh, you build some great relationships and you get to know those people. And they're pro- like the product's second to none. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of relationships that are built and you do go out amongst your community and see what's new. So every weekend, we're just so excited, my daughter and I, to go out and see what's happening in our community and what are the flowers of the season or what has been brought in on special or seasonal if you've gotten some fish, particularly at Mark's Fine Meats or um, if it's one of the uh, veg vendors or some of the people that are even the even a soup. There's a, a place that you get homemade soup and they have seasonal and weekly specials. It's just so alive and and bakers and, and artisans of every kind. It really is wonderful. So I think it's really, and agree with you, uh, a really important part of today. So this show is part of the Back to the Future series, looking at traditions in agri-food and artisans and conservationists. What should we be carrying forward from the past in farmers markets? That's a tough one because the industry is changing constantly. If you'd asked me 20 years ago, it was great having all the meats and the dairy products like fresh eggs or cheese out at the farmers markets. Now it's getting very hard to have handle that product while you're out there. Uh, so it means that you have to have a much larger selection of produce, uh, whether it be organic, uh, ethically grown. Uh, if it could be, we have flower shops out there. There's numerous bakers at ours. It's, uh, it's constantly changing. So as long as they can change with it, we'll be fine. The one thing we could carry forward is that we keep bringing the younger people into it and encompassing them and letting them learn why it's important, where it came from, how it got to the table. Right. And that people build the agri-food system. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's the people that are looking and and buying the local food and the artisan craft breads or whatever it is. And so it's really a rediscovery of um, what people are doing in the way they build and live their lives. So that's such an important comment. Thank you, Dan. And that brings me to my next question, which is in this show, we try to bring the humanities to today's food dialogue, and that includes traditions. And what traditions have you seen both individuals and families enjoy at the farmer's market? Well, me speaking, I would have to tell you be the sliders. Uh, I started them my third year there, so that'd be about 18 years. And I still get, because this past summer I haven't been able to be outside, people will come in and tell me how much they miss the sliders. This was something we started on a, a panini grill, and we'd sell like 24 on a Saturday to hundreds on a barbecue. It was just, it was amazing because you'd listen to this line of traffic and they just keep comparing their last experience eating a slider. And I always change them or add something to them. 
And it was great for us because we were working with other vendors while we would do it. So in a, most times I was working with Glenna from Swiss Cheese. So it was constantly a different cheese to encompass whatever the meat was we were doing. And you just built relationships off of that. So it was amazing. Right. It was such a tradition, you know, those first sliders of the season when you can smell the barbecue, there was always something different to discover. And it really was an important part of um, our Saturdays and many other people's as well. So this show is called Food for the Future. And I'm wondering, what do you think we can do right now to build a better way forward together through farmers markets? I would say as we move forward, something that's becoming a little more widely recognized is how much food waste there is on a regular basis. And I think there have been quite a few bigger stores and smaller stores joining with initiatives like uh, Too Good to Go, where at the end of the day, they'll come and take some of your product that was maybe would have had to been thrown out at the end of the day. And instead they sell it at a reduced rate to someone who maybe couldn't have afforded it at the full price well, I know some of the farmers are already doing some of that themselves, but I definitely think farmers markets as a whole, because they're bringing in various farms, various products. I think there could be a lot of benefit in being more collaborative. There are lots of markets like ours that are quite collaborative. I mean, I can tell you pretty much every vendor I work with, along with their kids and pets names, because we have that relationship. But I've also been to lots of markets where you know, one vendor can't tell you the person beside them. And I think one of the biggest things that we need to work on would definitely be communication and just relations between the businesses themselves. It's always hard being a small business, wanting to support other small businesses, but seeing other small businesses feeling like they're in competition. That's one of the biggest challenges that is coming up right now. A lot of small businesses are struggling because they feel like they need to be the bigger, better version of another one rather than being their own individual business. Right. So watching food waste, which you had mentioned as your first comment, and then also just building those networks and um, lifting each other up. And that's uh, really building that community at many levels at farmers markets. Is there any other final thoughts either of you would like to share? Just that uh, people should continue to support their local farm markets. And if they're not happy with one, search out another one because they're all different. And we're very fortunate. And Covent Garden is kind of unique in the sense that it has an outdoor and indoor. So it's two worlds that have to get together and should support each other. So we hope that continues to grow. And it's uh, it's certainly going in the right direction at this point. Wonderful. Emily? I definitely agree that, you know, there's so much variety out there and it's, becoming cities in particular, I would say are becoming more saturated with markets, in particular farmers markets. And I definitely think the population just needs to take advantage of that. And that's the freshest product and the nicest people and the best service you will get anywhere. The farmer's market is the freshest product, the nicest people that you will get anywhere. That's a wonderful takeaway for our show about fathers and daughters working together at farmer's market. So thank you very much, Dan and Emily, for joining me today and for all that you do for your community at Covet Garden Market and really as a representative of farmer's markets everywhere. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Dan and Emily Murphy from Covet Garden Market about working together as father and daughter. 
creating traditions through farmers markets. Each week, to keep old and new agri-food traditions growing in your community, we leave you and your family or friends with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, how could you support your local farmer's market? Something to do, visit Covet Garden Market to learn more about one farmer's market's local traditions for global encouragement. Next week on the show, we return to the monthly series, Food for Thought. We'll hear big ideas about social sustainability and fair trade. Don't miss a show. Subscribe on Curious Cast and all other major podcast platforms. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, and you've been listening to the weekly podcast, Food for the Future. Thank you to our Platinum Elite Level sponsor, Burn Bray Farms, Eggs for Life. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts.